1: let me just do an intro oh i'll hit my i'll hit my brand real quick and uh i, I gotta hit my intro if it'll let me i'll edit this part out if i can I'm hit my intro real quick I have another fascinating guest with me today. Well, this is kind of like an impromptu. I don't know if this is going to be much of a podcast. We're kind of doing this on the fly. So, But I wanted to do it because I I got a hold of this girl on Facebook. And it, it turns out she's the daughter of Kenneth Arnold. And you guys know me. I'm a real big ufology nerd. You know what I mean? Like, I love ufology. And when I heard the granddaughter of Kenneth Arnold, that's like UFO royalty in my mind. That's like you know, it doesn't get any bigger. He was the first person supposedly to see flying saucers. He he called he termed the he term. If you guys don't know, he termed the phrase "flying saucer." He said, you know. And uh, her name is Chanel Sands. And um, yeah, Chanel, thank you for coming on. And um, uh, just tell us about yourself and how you found out you were. Your grand Kenneth Arnold was your grandfather, or did you? Were you always in contact with him, or like what? How did that work out?
0: He, uh, first of all, like in, in his later years, he was dying of cancer. So, the last 10 years of his life, he didn't feel well. And Ray Palmer gave him copyright to The Coming of the Saucers, but he never finalized it. So, then it became public domain. And I just republished that book with adding some stuff I did in college and some interview I did with uh, a MUFON, that leader in LA. And I just do speeches for you know, certain like the flying saucer party in Shailes, Washington. I do speeches there and that's really cool because that's in honor of my grandfather and it's where he took off before he saw his sighting over Mount Rainier. It was a $5,000 reward to find a C-46 crash military transport plane and he never found it instead for three minutes on a Tuesday afternoon in June 24th, two, two weeks before Roswell even, <laughs> He witnessed uh, for three minutes, you know, nine echelon formation flying discs that changed formation, acted like they were like transparent at certain points, going about 1,700 miles per hour. He didn't know what type of, you know, intelligence it was, and he, as a pilot, it was his duty to report what he saw, and he, you know, was the unfortunate GOAT, was the first one to, you know, report what he saw and got so much ridicule through the years until 1977 the year i I was born he did the 1977 ufo congress and that was like pretty much the first time that he was a speaker because of all the turmoil he went through maury island scared the crap out of him he almost died because his plane's fuel line was shut off when he was leaving and uh he had to safely land his airplane and that scared him a bit and you know the post Master in Boise, Idaho knew exactly what his address was and people would just address mail to the UFO you know, man and he would get it and um, You know, he got all sorts of correspondence from all over the world Unfortunately, my par- my grandparents were so yeah, I grew up. I grew up with him before he died He told me to think for myself and not to trust the government He knew I was gonna t- carry the flame, but he knew at the time it wasn't the right time in the 80s He died in 84. It was not the right time back then until about the nineties, the ancient aliens started coming out. And now, I mean, there's still old timers that, you know, don't believe in UFO, UFOs and can't imagine they'd ever exist, you know, and, and it's sad because those people need to die off, you know, because it makes, it makes it difficult. And the government just admitted they're real and, you know, I could just carry on and carry on. But like, There's a whole, your DNA has to be a certain way to see them. And my grandfather's DNA happened to be perfect. We have Sioux Indian in our bloodline and we're German Norwegian on both my grandparents' sides. And that has a lot of, mm, like, there's very spiritual people in Norway and they do a lot of like telepathic things. My grandmother's family of nine, my Grand, great grandmother you know on my grandmother's side they would all telepathically think of the same song and my great grandmother died and my great grandfather was remarried but uh just a lot of my uh great aunts ended up in california where you can just be be cool and crazy and, and you know it's just accepted but you know being from idaho i've had to like keep it mellow just because uh, you know it's like there's still people here that think you're crazy he ran for lieutenant governor met president eisenhower but still did not get elected because he saw the flying saucers and people you know still back then were just in disbelief and thought that they didn't exist and he you know was ridiculed a lot and unfortunately now is the right time to be a spokesperson and to come out about like how spiritual it was for him. Every time he saw him, he knew there was a connection between the living and the dead. He was for, for forward thinking with, with that thought because at the time, even reincarnation wasn't so greatly accepted. But um, my grandparents and my family believe it's the way we travel through different dimensions to the fifth dimension where the third isn't that, I always get it mixed up, but like, how we vibrate at a certain level and the higher you vibrate, you vibrate into another dimension. And it's just like our souls leaving our body And the, you know, it's just like a ball of light after his sighting. He had, he saw a ball of light in his house and said the Lord's prayer because it scared him so much. But he later thought that it was the soul of one of his daughters. And, It makes sense to me because the earth's round and eggs are round and and we're balls of light. You know, that that would make sense. A lot of people have those sightings in connection with UFOs and um, in my family as well. I have so many orbs in my house that I have a picture after one of my dogs died of a little angel dog going in front of my new adopted dog in a little spirit form. And, you know, every time we take pictures of my house, there's just orbs flying everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, I can't do an EVP recording in my house. I'd have to move. There's so, so many uh, spirits in here, it seems, but they're peaceful. But, uh, you know, so, had some travel.
1: Can I ask you a question? Was he having sightings all the time besides, so he was having like sightings all the time besides his, his
0: famous yeah, sighting, right? he had uh, sightings and he wasn't public with the rest of his sightings because, um, you know, because all the really cool he got with it being the first person to report flying saucers, you know. And then, honestly, he was always so very popular until like Roswell happened. And, well, Stanton Freeman, I met him before he died. He met my grandfather at the con- UFO Congress in 77 and uh anyhow he you know discovered uh, roswell and i'm also friends with the roswell grandchildren because we've like connected on facebook denise and jesse and and you know that's awesome that i think the government has been reverse engineering the technology they gave to us because they wanted us to evolve you know just like they mess with our dna you know mother mary was impregnated by an alien it only makes sense and that's kind of a story if you study world religions that you know everything's like similar to pagan beliefs of like i don't know it just makes me mad the whole religion thing because you know easter is a pagan holiday christmas is a pagan holiday it's like what do we really believe what makes me wonder is why did we forget about these flying saucers because they've always been here they're pictographs on the you know in in in, on rocks of alien beings and it's like how can we deny that if like they were seeing that thousands of years ago even UFOs and Egyptians and buildings that you'd have to levitate rocks to get to be made you know it's like how and then they're finding all this stuff in that the Spanish conquistadors destroyed when they discovered South America they destroyed all these artifacts of aliens like and they're, and they're still av- they're still out there, but the South American ones are getting revealed. It's like, how can you deny this? Why did we forget? And were we all brainwashed at some point and forgot that they were here at the Flying Saucers because of what they were just discovered in 1947, two years after we dropped bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima? Yeah, two years. So everybody was freaked out. Because these stupid atom bombs were going off. And uh, I have a penny that Robert Oppenheimer gave to my grandfather's friend, George Smith. And uh, it's from 1843. But I know atom bombs are a divine plan. Even the Hare Krishna's would tell you it sends all the souls back to the source real quick. Because there are souls that are stuck here. But they always go back to the source after so long. But anyhow, I mean, it's just like... I had something that Robin Oppenheimer actually touched and you know it's only through folklore because I don't have proof but um it's a true story and my mom gave that to me and I treasure that but yeah it's a penny from 1843 you know and and uh, when I was 14 George Smith told me to hold it he used to video uh record atom bombs being set off and they would always be at some weird number when they were done after the explosion was over and my mom has never told me like what the secret was to that. But, um, yeah, he knew Robert Oppenheimer and he gave him a penny and he's dead now. I mean, he was very old when I met him when I was 14, but, um, you know, I just, I was like at a church in Portland, Oregon and annoyed it. And it just all made sense to me that, the atom bomb theory, you know, and, and I did study with the Harry Krishnas for a while. But, you know, my grandparents, we always believed in reincarnation and there's really no religion to go with that. It, until I discovered my grandfather is a believer of the Waspy Bible. That's uh, it's a Bible written in 1841 by John Newborough. And he was a medium. He was a dentist. But it's O-A-H-S-P-E. And it talks about uh, flying saucers in it this is the one I ordered from oh shoot it's not showing up I'm going to try to do it like this My, I yeah, love my Wasp that's Bible interesting. Uh, but anyhow it talks about ethereal beings traveling in and out of dimensions in between worlds and reincarnation and this guy was a medium and he channeled all this and like everybody's like what Bible but some people know and you know I'm into kind of Alistair Crawley stuff too because I was married on 7-7 and so much is seven is like my number in my life. You know, uh, I was born in 77. My grandfather went to UFO Congress in 77. It had been 30 years since his sighting, you know, and it's just, a, that's the number that's really pre- prevalent in my life. But finding this a bible, it's like the Bible I've been looking for all my life. That makes sense. And it's so unknown. You can order it from Amazon. It's like $40, but I have my grandfather's one that he signed and he drew a flying saucer in it. My mom's given me a lot of books. He would always sign books because he knew his, signature would be worth something, um, later in life. So he signed, he signed a lot of things. I have a lot of things that he signed and my friend and in, in uh, the Chehalis flying saucer party, I gave him a UFO Congress book that my grandfather had signed and he was really excited to get that. But I just kind of share stuff because my mom's kept it, the files, everything's just close tight, but we had somebody in the some, some friends stole from the family and wrote a book. Won't mention his name. But my mom stopped it because he stole our family story and he was trying to profit off of it, giving giving us nothing. And um, it was kind of bad. I'll never what see that you, guy again.
1: Since you're into you all know? this stuff like what are your thoughts on all the um all the all the different like UFO lore throughout time, like you know like the reptilian stories, Project Serpo, stories of the Pleiadians, um, the Anunnaki cedar story. You know, there's so oh, yeah. many, I mean, like, there, I mean, like, what are your thoughts on all this? Do you think all these different races of ETs exist? And no. when did your, did your grandfather it's have an
0: opinion on it? It's just like there's pyramids all over the world. There's pyramids all over the world. What the hell? There's energy that they're harnessing. Of course there's pyramids. It's just obvious. And we don't know how to harness it. Tesla knew how. And Tesla was tuned into with the source. And he knew, he knew how to, that we were balls of light and everything. Tesla was genius. He died crazy and insane, you know? Penniless, crazy, insane. That's like what the prolific people in this world end up posthumously. Like my grandfather is posthumous that I'm doing all this because he tried to do this in his lifetime, but he's laughed at. He was doing a seminar at the knife and fork club and his friend from the Idaho Statesman, David Johnson, who was an aviation editor said, took him out to the desert and said, walk, walk 50 feet away from this car. Ken, my brother worked for the government and he saw him eliminate their own men stop doing your speeches and then his his uh seminars were mysteriously stopped and withdrawn by the knife and fork club and he only did one in ontario oregon and there's flyers floating around on ebay i've heard that but he spent his own money investigating ufos too spent about thirty thousand dollars in his lifetime he got a, a real real ufo that his friend in the military gave him and he sent it in to the government and said, what is this? Explain this. They spliced it out, sent it back and said, there's nothing in this. And he was just so pissed, you know, and that's just, you know, I, I get it too. He was an Aries and my moon's an Aries. So I'm kind of into that stuff too, but you know, just, just, it, it just infuriated him that, that the government actually did that. That's why he like, kind of told me some things before he died because he was just like, oh my gosh, you know, they're just, this is an illusion. This is the freaking matrix, you know, it's, we're just all clowns in our own little, you know, uniforms, you know, with this, with this reality that we have, but where we li- really live is in this spiritual realm. You know, that's where we're eternal. And I don't want to start a church or anything, but you know, with the whole Maury Island thing, Captain Davidson and Captain, uh, I'm trying to think anyhow, there were these two, Captain Brown and Captain Davidson, went through my grandfather's mail, taking all the letters out that he was going to be a prophet of the end of the world because at the time that's what they thought. And they didn't want another Joan because you can't control a Joan of Arc and the government. And so they figured if they could have my grandfather stop seeing things, his friends would stop seeing UFOs and people would stop seeing UFOs. Dave Johnson flew his plane and saw a UFO banking in a cloud and the government and like, you know, somebody, Somebody wanted you know all this to stop. I don't know if they it's just because they're bugging his house, he knew that he was being bugged, you know. And he's like, I don't know why they're so interested in me. I'm just a simple man. He's a fisherman, you know, he was a hunter. We went pheasant hunting when I was little. I have a good memory of pheasant hunting with my grandfather, and he was always, you know, into his Sioux great grandmother. He'd wear turquoise, um, you know, indig- indigenous turquoise, and I, I do that as well. You know, I have black gums. That's only my white skin. You know, you can't tell I in, have indigenous in me, but my black gun, gums give it away. But, you know, so that's really spiritual. That I have indigenous blood, even though, you know, I'm a 16th. That's not too much. But in, the Norwegian makes it even, you know, more profound for me to even channel all this. My name's Chanel, hence the channel, hence me changing the spelling of it in idaho because everybody called me channel and i've just decided oh well it was a compliment being called channel i guess i'll just be a channel you know and and try to keep it on the low low because you know doctors don't like hearing that you have you know you might be an abductee and the the aliens are messing with your dna and stuff like that that's what i've been told by some MUFON director in san francisco I'm not going to say her day, but she's like, Oh, for your grandfather to see the UFOs, the DNA had to be exact. And your DNA is the same and, and you're an abductee. And I'm like, Oh, great. You know, it's news to me, but it'd be good to be, uh, I guess, regressed and t- you know, I don't have the money to do that, but you know, to see if I've been on a spaceship like Travis Walton, but, that's somebody I was honored to meet, Travis Walton from Fire in the Sky. He's my hero. That guy is what a rock star. Like,
1: what was it like meeting Travis? I'd love to get him on my show. I don't have his uh, it's hard to well, get information.
0: Both, both have a Mormon background. That's kinda of interesting. It's like the Mormons kind of predicted that, that the angels would start to come back at certain times. And I don't want to say it's in the world, but you know the mormons kind of predicted this in the book in the book of mormon my grandmother would always be like the book of mormon is true but i met him at the 701 uh, phenomenon filming in hollywood and um he met my grandfather at the 1977 ufo congress that he met stan freeman at as well and travis you know he just you know his story is just so amazing that he was on a flying saucer for five days i believe it i mean it's it, but see, I met uh, Tracy Tormey, who was Mel Torme's brother. He was the screenwriter for Fire in the Sky. And the Hollywood made them um, fictionalize it. They, they, a lot of it wasn't true. Travis saw angelic beings that were hybrids more than the grays. But it was the scariest thing that ever happened to him. I and mean, he doesn't like talking about it to this day. But, you know, a lot of people want to hear his story. Um, but, you know, I touched the guy He was on a spaceship for five days I have a picture, hold on I don't even know if I can show this I have all these pictures in my house Me and Stanton Freeman And me and Travis Walton But uh, he's got my rock star Let's see if I can take it in the Here we go
1: Wait, Let me see Oh, wow, that is Travis Walton Yeah, that is like.
0: I'm trying to make it so it doesn't Okay, maybe it's the reflection I wonder if it, if I did this ah uh, this cameras so funky to figure out how to work there it goes if I go like that my husband's in a band and I have a Cat brother's shirt on because that that was his band
1: I married a yeah, music that Baldwin. like that's, uh, that's amazing like, what
0: was he like like what was it like me what did he what was he say He's a very meek person. I mean, well, I want to say just quiet. He's a quiet person. But like um my friend Paula Harris knows him quite well and he'll play guitar at UFO get togethers, you know, which is cool. My my husband's a musician and you know, I think it's I think it's cool to expand your mind, you know. <laughs> Gemini rising Sagittarius is my soulmate sign. I'm kind of like out there with the whole, you know, religion and occult occultness but you know, I still love Jesus. He saved my kid's life. I called out like I took world religions and my professors like, if you want to find out if Jesus exists, just call it out. I got this Honda with a Jesus fish on it. I'm like, okay, Jesus fish, show me what you're worth. And, and I had been in like four car wrecks and told my Subaru on the freeway. I was so pissed. I just got new tires for that. And, uh, and I got told the Subaru got told, So I got this Honda Honda Accord. And I had a fish on the back, and we're turning down my street. And my friends driving because I didn't feel well, and we had the kids in the back seat. And we got rear-ended, and it was bad. Luckily, it was a Ford Fiesta, but that Jesus fish saved the fucking kids. And that Subaru Forester I had, what the kids would have been killed. Killed, you know. So I was like, thanks Jesus. I got a car with the fucking trunk, so I ended up in another Honda court because yeah, getting in car wrecks just is is the worst. I have a lot of you know issues, you know, with the car wrecks I've been in, but. Anyhow, that was the last car wreck. Now I have a bright red car and people see me and say that freaking away from me. (laughs) I don't want to get the car wreck. My daughter doesn't even want to drive. She's 15. She doesn't even want to drive because she's been in some many, you know, three, two, two or three car wrecks with me. Anyhow, that's what happens when you crap. Yeah. Um, I had a question to ask you, um,
1: yeah, I'm trying. Uh, I've We kind of did this impromptu. So um, did your grandfather have any paranormal experiences as well?
0: Uh, like I was saying, yeah, after his uh, sighting, he saw a ball light in his house, said the Lord's Prayer. He you know, thought it was the soul of one of his unborn kids. And then uh, he thought that the entities that drove this vehicles and he believed they're the vehicles that we travel in between the spiritual realm and here. The entities were in his living room because his furniture went in intent, like somebody was sitting down, and he believed that they're in his in his living room. My grandmother was in, raised kind of in a medium, and she would channel and whatnot, like channel the master. So she was, and this really kind of upset my grandfather because she was, you know, had a lot of Norwegian roots, and that's just kind of the Norwegian way. But uh, my grandfather would get mad and stomp his feet, you know, tell her to stop. But um, My grandfather was always in nuts and bolts, you know, very straight laced, ran for governor of Idaho, met President Eisenhower. um, In my book, Coming of the Saucers, there's a couple pictures of him and President Eisenhower. He sent a telegram to Harry Truman about we are getting visited from other worlds, you know, just like Ray Palmer and him became a good friend with the Coming of the Saucers. Ray Palmer um, was a fiction fiction writer, though, which is odd because all his stuff was like even the whole Maury Island with Fred Christman. He was a fiction writer and so it kind of seems like the whole Maury Island thing that you know is a little cult lore almost at this or folk folklore that is kind of cultish at this point because it really happened my grandfather was part of it and his fuel line was and he almost crashed his plane leaving the two men that went through his mail and took out all of the things about him being the prophet in the world captain davidson and captain brown the airplane crashed in kelso washington and um he got so scared that was you know he he was probably so scared he shut his fuel line off i don't think he did i think somebody actually you know screwed with his airplane but he the whole memorial thing just scared him to death so um you know he was kind of quiet for a while double date books in the 60s offered him 50 grand to do a fictionalized story and he would not do it because he wanted to stay truth to what he saw it was three minutes of echelon formation of translucent ships that would change formation going at 1700 miles per hour over Mount Rainier, and he it was his duty, he was Eagle Scout to report them. Um, you know, he it was his loyalty to his nation to report them. He thought they were Russian intelligence. Two bombs had just been dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki two years before, and he just felt like he should do it. But he was always would say he was the unfortunate goat that re- first reported it because he, you know he got a lot of mail and my grandmother threw a lot of it away because she was so overwhelmed. All these people with the same experiences as him, seeing these flying saucers would write to him. And, um, and unfortunately a lot of it's been lost. I'm in a, in a YouTube documentary that, uh, this, uh, filmmaker, Eli Watson did about this letter. I donated to the Chehalis museum in the Lewis County. So Lewis County museum that does the Chehalis flying Saucers party. But we discovered a UFO cult. to lived in California. I couldn't research. My professor told me to de- donate to a museum, with a, is w- which I did, and they discovered all this uh, information about this cult, the Olympian Society. They lived up in the hills out of Temecula, California, and it was just really interesting. I'm glad I did the right thing by donating it because I couldn't do the research for my own. You know, I had a, I'm, my friend Vince Unisusa. He, uh, you know, I think had the funds to research it but yeah he was in McMinnville all my friends were this weekend and I was not there I was just hanging out you know getting free stuff off of Craigslist in Boise Idaho you know my grandfather lives here we his, my, gra- my mom inherited his estate, so I'm, you know I'm inheriting my grandfather's estate his, the house he built has a view of the whole valley in Boise he always bought really good uh, Land because he, you know, was a very wealthy man. He sold fire safety equipment. He'd fly into remote areas with his two airplanes, you know, and he did quite well. My grandmother would get mad if she didn't have five thousand dollars a month to blow, you know, but anyhow, um, you know, at least that's that was like the you know, back then it was probably like two thousand, you know, but nowadays it was something like that, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean so that this, your book. Like what's your
0: on, book called? Like, can you get it on Amazon? Yeah, it's just on Amazon. You can self-publish on Amazon. It's great. It's um, you know, it's you can do it for free. I just had a friend, my friend that's the neighbor, she helped me format it, like luckily, and my uh Mori Island friends, Charlotte Lefebvre and Philip Lipson typed it up. There was a lot of mistakes that Andrea had to correct, but we got it going and Uh, I know I sold a crap ton in Japan because I get $200 from Japan this month. I'm like, dang, they bought a lot of books. (laughs) So if you're out there, Japanese people, right on. Yeah, Japanese. Totally. I'm like, wow, the Japanese, they're, they're really, your
1: grandfather was a popular man. Like, You know, like, he he was the first man to publicly... I mean, like, I think UFOs were around a lot longer. They've been around since the Bible days, but, like, your grandfather was the first one to coin the term flying saucer. You know, it's
0: like... i I read the book of Enoch, too. I got got the book of Enoch. That was taken out. Do you know, Grim... Okay, I took uh, Western Civilizations in college, and, uh king james that rewrote the bible was bisexual but he damned all the gays i'm just like what the hell and he rewrote the bible took the B- book of enoch out or somebody did it. but the book of enoch has been taken out and that just bs because you know it talks about how we were created and you know the angels and the fallen angels and all this we have one friend who was kind of a flat earther and he thought they were the fallen neph nephatite angel some fallen angels like devil's angels i was like i don't think the aliens are quite that i think it's just maybe the way we travel in our other bodies when you know we transform into the other dimension we go to i mean we're eternal beings of light tesla would say i believe tesla i mean god look at there's teslas everywhere now driving around i'm like how are they charging them you know it's electric cars it's kind of funny but Tesla died crazy and insane. And, you know, poor, I feel for that guy. Cause you know, I've, I've had my crazy moments in my life and I, you know, it's hard to stay grounded when you're Kenneth Arnold's granddaughter and you prove in the psych ward you are, because they see it on TV. They're like, wow, you are telling the truth. <laughs> You know, I just, I was raised with so many documents like Project Blue Book documents about how they, they were, you know, reverse engineering technology and that's how we got computers. It only makes sense. A hundred years ago, we were riding on horses and spitting and platoons and, you know, spittoons and, you know, drinking whiskey and how did we get computers now so fast? I mean, is it really Steve Jobs, you know, in India with the Hare Krishnas meditating that got the computers to work? I don't think so. I think it was given to us, you know, uh, all the wreckage from Area 51 or not Area 51. Uh, Roswell went to Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. And that's where they do all their dirty work. And my grandfather knew that they had stuff there. I mean, there's something in the book that I copied about him knowing about Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Like Ben Hansen, I met him. His his great his grandfather worked at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. And we're the same age. It's so weird. Me and Ben Hansen are like exactly the same age. His grandfather's famous. My grandfather's famous, but Anyhow, he does he does a lot of UFO stuff, but I met him at The Phenomenon, too. I had fun at The Phenomenon. We got to go to Hollywood, stay in a fancy hotel on Sunset Strip, and I thought all the liquor was free, and so I drank like a fifth of whiskey and Cokes like the whole weekend that we were down there, and I should have went to the pool on top of the Andreas Hotel and... Yeah, it was just—it was too cool. AJ Gavard was there from South America. I got to meet AJ Gavard. He's dead now. He was a ufologist. He he would do a lot of crop circle investigations, and I have his signature. And I have a book of signatures, just like I met George Nori uh, when he came for Costa to Costa to Stan Freeman here in Boise, Idaho, and my mom and I went. You know, Stan Freeman. He met my grandfather. There's not a lot of people. There is an old man, I I guess in Washington that met my grandfather is still alive, but there's not a lot of people left that knew my grandfather that are alive. Ray Palmer died two months after the UFO Congress in 1977. He had poor health to get to begin with. He was, he was, uh, you know, hunchback. It was beyond being like a midget. He had, he was deformed in a way. And, his son ended up you know keep publishing the book and i gave my brother a copy of their copy that they sent to me for free and now it's worth 150 dollars. but i have the tape that goes with it my brother and i aren't talking but um you know it's it's crazy how much the coming of the saucers books are skyrocketing in price you know i have an original copy that he dedicated ej smith he was the Pilot that saw UFOs over Emmett, Idaho, that was part of the Maury Island incident, and he they became good friends, and he dedicated a book to EJ Smith. My mom found EJ Smith before he died, and Emmett got him to autograph it to me. And he was a pilot for United Airlines and saw UFOs. And my grandfather thought, thought that was rock solid proof, you know. But no, it still wasn't enough. It had to be, you know, in the nineties for ancient aliens to, I guess, change everybody's mind. But You know, I got some free Boise River Festival pens off of this guy I found off Craigslist today and he wanted to tell me about his history about the Boise River Festival and how we trashed the parks. But I'm like, well, I had a famous grandfather. Do you believe in UFOs? He's like, oh, hell no. You know, he's old guy. You know, those are the type that need to die off. You know, oh, totally closed-minded, you know, oh, oh, UFOs and aliens can't exist. That's Idaho, unfortunately. I wish I was on the West Coast, (laughs) but... You know, it's just, I don't know if the East Coast is any different, but you know, some you some places. The
1: whole, be, is like that. They, the whole world is like, it's been a taboo and ridiculed subject for years. You know, it's like, it's
0: like. Uh, well, that's what my grandfather said. They made it a crime to talk about it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but they made it a crime to talk about UFOs. You know, after they stopped his knife and fork club seminars, you know, his friend Dave Johnson stopped him and, uh, you know, took him out to the desert, told him to walk away from the car. My brother worked for the government, and I have seen the government eliminate their own men. Ken, you need to stop doing the seminars. And then mysteriously, they were withdrawn. And, you know, there's pamphlets circling, circling around. He did one in Ontario, Oregon. That's like the border town here in Idaho. And um, he was shut down because they didn't want him having seminars, getting people together talking about UFOs, you know? it's yeah. so, and- Idaho, that's Idaho for you. They want to make greater Oregon here. They want to make like you know to bend Oregon like all part of Idaho because everybody's mad in Oregon about politics and Idaho's got better politics. But it's scary here because all of our OBGYNs left left in northern Idaho because of the stupid laws against women. You know Idaho's so I don't know. I I don't really I just don't see myself here forever. But Idaho's very uh, close-minded. So lots of religion. Lots of religion here, but you know, it's it's like a big Waco, Texas. <laughs>
1: oh wow! Yeah, 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 that, that 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 sounds like it. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. It's 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 like that. It seems like it's like that everywhere. Like though, I mean, like it's just like when you when you live in a and and I think things are changing though. I really do. I, I hope you know. Like I, I think I think I, I have hope. You know, I have hope that things are gonna get better. You know, like no. as far as like, people believing in UFOs, and not just believing. I mean, there's proof now. You know what I mean? It's it's actual proof. That but the it, government. Comes up. I don't think the government knows anything, though.
0: You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just like that
0: old friend I met today. Oh, I don't believe in UFOs. You know, like nothing to yeah. convince them Like ninety. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, that's something you can use i don't know i don't mind just talking i just want to get the word out you know that he believed there a connection between living and the dead and that was so advanced beyond his uh time that now it's morally being accepted like by uh ufologists like jacques belay thinks that we're in between dimensions jacques belay knows a case of in south america of this little boy that went onto a ufo and saw his dead grandfather and in South America they're very into the spirituality of the UFOs and here it's like taboo but like I I don't know a lot of Spanish but I just did an interview for South America and I love it because I can I can get a little bit of it because I'm from the west coast you know I like hear familia and I'm like oh how affected the family you know (laughs) and I there's a translator whatnot but like I South America they have a lot of crop circles there's and there's a lot of suffering too with the cartels down there, but I would love to go to Machu Picchu in Peru or see the pyramids there. There's pyramids all over the world. That's got, you know, the energy transformation of the earth's magnetic field. You know, I'm sure pilots uh, vehicles that are propelled like that in between dimensions, possibly who knows the mountains are always where the UFOs are seen. So I believe the, the mountains are the portals and There's like certain, you know, places, uh, like even back East. Um, I know that there's abductees. I just watched on the discovery channel and it was like, there's this triangle triangle in Pennsylvania or Massachusetts. I can't remember which one, but these two twins, huh?
1: You're thinking of the Bridgewater triangle. I think in Massachusetts,
0: Uh, yeah, back East. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of people are like abducted there, which is the starborn sister of Debbie word to Debbie. I talked to her today. I'm like, you're on TV, (laughs) but yeah, she's, she's rocking cool. But yeah, unfortunately her and her sister were, you know, like they had alien hybrid babies for the aliens. And I just don't get that, but you know, maybe, maybe, they are still messing with our DNA doing experimentations like mother Mary was impregnated by an alien. It's only obvious. Sure. She was a virgin. Well, we can inseminate, we can make virgins pregnant with science. You know, of course we can. So anyhow, I've always thought that that's like, I mean, that's just grandfather just posthumously sending me that message. He's like, he's just laughing because now it's like a circus, right? There's UFO conferences everywhere and everybody's talking about it. And the government's still like, well, I guess we can't control it now. You know at mcminnville they had a
1: unfortunately what it's become is like it's become a money-making thing for a lot of people a lot of people don't want to tell the truth a lot of people just want to make money off it and that's sad because like then the truth will never get out like the people want to expose it and like and try to like turn it into like a money-making thing you know what i mean and that's just not you know you know what i'm trying to say right or no
0: no, no, and my mom doesn't want me exploited, but I still. She talked to Betty Hill and Betty and Barney Hill. She found Betty Hill in the um in the retirement home, and Betty says everything was stolen from her. She never earned a dime, you know. And and she got constellations that we didn't even know at this time that she got abducted. She knew of a constellation that was existed. And I think it's all a space is a illusion. You know, I don't know. Did we really go to the moon? You know, it just seems like it was like filmed in Hollywood because we never went back. They found out what was on the dark side of the moon, and they're like, "Holy shit!" You know, it's like space. Well, and okay, there was a time there wasn't a moon. We learned that in school, and that's true in philosophy class. They there it was written there wasn't a moon, and then all of a sudden, it's like an alien satellite that's like camouflage appeared, and it changed. It was Earth was really the the um, atmosphere was really crazy. Until the moon came about 12,000 years ago. There is a time there was not a moon. And so it's got to be an alien satellite or angel satellite or, you know, it's the way God monitors and controls us because the moon does affect people. And so I totally believe in that, you know, holy cow. And so now we're like, holy shit, you know, because when it pinged, somebody pinged the moon and it vibrated because it's hollow. And it doesn't make sense that it could be hollow because of the way the universe was formed. So there you go. So you study the moon, you're just like, holy shit, you know, like Nick Redfern, he's a cool guy. He has a book about it. But, you know, yeah, the moon is an alien satellite. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about that, (laughs) you know, but I love, I love that. You know, I just live off of, I have a philosophy uh, degree. Uh, Philosophy was my uh, major. So I did a lot of in-depth essays and and excelled in uh, English. I love English. I kind of can speak other languages, but you know, not very well. I just catch on pretty quick. If I live somewhere, I could probably catch on to a different language. I think different languages are really interesting, but, um, yeah, I used to be a pharmacy technician, too, and phlebotomist and got sick of the, You know, the whole Rona kind of ruined all that for everybody. Now, like all the pharmacies, I, I foretold there would be a day where you would go to the pharmacy and they wouldn't be uh, open because our pharmacies in back, back here, like Walgreens is getting sued because they were part of the opioid epidemic and made a public nuisance of people because everybody was on opi- opioids. You know, and so Walgreens got sued. So they're going under and then Rite Aid. I don't know what the Rona just killed. Everybody quit working for him. They're going under, but this is on the West Coast. I don't know if it's happening on the East Coast at all, but I predicted there'd be a time the pharmacies wouldn't be open and everybody's on their meds, you know? Oh, I need that to live or be stable or whatever. You know, it's like people are running out of Adderall and they're getting pissed. And when I was working at the grocery store here at Albertsons, I don't work there anymore, but the pharmacy was running out of Adderall and running out of Vicodin, and people were getting pissed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they called. They're, like, the they're out of my Adderall. I want my Adderall. I want my Vicodin. Yeah, you know, I want to talk to the manager. We're just oh, like listen, Jesus. Listen. Somebody did a, oh, yeah. a study, like yeah, do you, know, exactly. do you know that over like fifty to eighty percent of the of this United States is, is medicated on something, whether it's anything from blood pressure pills to painkillers to ADD medication, the depression medication the, I mean like 50-80% to 80% of our country is medicated Like right? flat out
0: witchcraft it's When you can possess somebody's mind, mood and body is witchcraft and I used to be a pharmacy tech You know, person And the, the Rockefellers I think are the ones that started it These are all petroleum based chemicals That they manipulate our, you know, bodies with But, um, what was original was all the herbs that we'd use, all the herbs, you know, like the Chinese would know the Chinese were experts on what herbs we need for what, but they wanted to make synthetic drugs. I just don't get it for making money. I know that they're all made in third world countries for pennies on the dollar. And then we can turn around and say, Oh, we paid for the, uh, the research in the, in the United States. That's why we pay so much because of the research. And and that's why we. So much it doesn't make sense because they are so cheap in third world countries you know
1: yeah. that's that's, yeah, what they, know. Yeah, that's what they did they remember they did that with like that's why when you call customer service somewhere you don't get an american you get like someone from a foreign country they outsourced a lot of jobs you know what i mean that's why a lot yeah. of people like you know like myself like you know like i was a mortgage broker for 10 years i'm sure i could find a job in mortgages but i haven't been able to find one so I started my podcast and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my fate into my own hands because I'm sick of working for the man and trying to let them figure out what, what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Because I, I go into places I work, it's, it ends up being like, it ends up not working out and that, you know, it's the, it's a, it's a whole You have to deal with this person and that person. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. this, I feel like I have a little bit of control over my destiny a little bit. You know what I mean? My life still depends on other variables. Right. But like, I feel like I have a lot better control over what I do than you know um, me working. I'm, some, a know. I'm a victim. I have to say, I'm a victim of
0: customer service. I like quit my job in tears because of this lady that was scamming the store, and the store manager gave her a gift card and then wanted me ran up because I confronted him about it because I'm an assertive woman and I raised my voice, and that violates comp- company policy of courtesy, dignity, and respect somehow which was a bunch of shit so i sorry to cut cuss but so i quit and cried i'm trying to get unemployment because this new store manager was just out to get me because they'd see my you know my witchy clothes he just didn't like me you know he's probably mormon <laughs> but anyhow that's how it is though yeah you, you can you don't get along with people people think i'm just so out there it's like I'm going to a UFO conference. I need some time off, you know, and it's Idaho. And, you know, they're just like, gosh, Chanel." And, but I feel like I fit in like on the West Coast when I go to stuff. Because it's more open-minded in, in Idaho. It's just so like, you know, do you want to go the rodeo? You want to go camping? Want to go hunt some deer? You know, hunting pheasant. My grandfather was a big pheasant hunter. And my mom would make wreaths out of the pheasant feathers. That's a good memory I have. But my grandfather, you know, I got to meet him. I know him till I was about almost eight. He died of colon cancer, but pneumonia is really what killed him. But he, his ashes were sprinkled over his favorite Japanese garden in, in Seattle. And uh, it's funny, the filmmaker even went there and did it as part of Miss Mysteries and Monsters uh, Mountain of God UFO cult. That's all about the letter. It's on YouTube. It's it's the documentary that Eli Watson did about the letter I donated from the Olympian Society. This cult that they knew nothing of. And it's a great, you should watch it. It's great. They have me in it. And I tell my, you know, how it, that letter always, uh, it was written in purple ink. But then the more I researched it, it was that was how they copied letters back in the 40s. Was, and the ink was purple. But my grandfather always kept it because he thought that was so cool that there's purple ink. But it's, it was notarized by Everett H. Lee, and they found out a little bit about him. He's just an eccentric man that ran this UFO cult, and they all lived in the mountains in Temecula, California. And they knew nothing about this cult until I I've, you know, made this letter appear, and it was just really cool. So anyhow, it's on YouTube. It's uh, uh-huh. like Monsters and Mysteries, Mountain of God, UFO cult. Mountain of God, UFO cult. And it's on YouTube. Uh, Eli Watson Eli Watson is a, is the a director and, and filmmaker. And then like my friend, Vince Unisusa, <laughs> his name's so cool. But yeah, my name is Chance, by the way, it's Chanel Chance. <laughs> I know you kind of said a little different, but anyhow, so yeah, he's in it too. But those are my friends, like from, he found Eli, Eli was from Temecula, California. And then, uh, Vince lives in Washington and, and that's like where the flying saucer party was. And yeah, and they're good friends of mine. Cause I had, you know, it got me to Chehalis was my flying saucer tattoo. Vince saw a picture of my flying saucer tattoo on my back. Cause I have nine flying saucers on my back. And, uh, he's like, wow, I need that girl, at, you know, her grandfather's festival. And so I wore a, you know, dress that showed it off the first year and they had me back. Well, then coronavirus hit like two months after the first one. And the first one was the weekend of the Area 51 raid. It was so funny. It was like part of my speech. I'm like, thanks for not going to the Area 51 raid. That was a little risky, you know, but thanks for coming to Chehalis. And then two months later, run hit. You know, it did hit in December. And yeah, they did. They did drop a bottle at the lab in Wuhan. Come on you know, thank God that crap's all over because it changed the world. The world isn't the same. People aren't the same. A lot of people died. You know, I don't know if it's my O positive blood that kept me alive or what, but you know, like a lot of the Spanish people were losing a lot of family members here in Idaho. It seemed like it attacked the minorities, which is really sad or the people with bad health. But um, poor health and you know that was just Terrible to live through all that we still have People with masks on at the store I'm sure you do back on the east coast it's like Isn't this crap over you know People are still wearing yeah, masks I
1: saw, I saw some lady wa- driving the other day with a mask On I said to, she had her window done I was like Take your mask off you're in your car <laughs> I was like, What are you doing like, I'd say it's like they almost forget or Something I'm like what are you doing Like you have a mask on and you're driving Your car and nobody else is in it with you It's like I, I mean like why would they do that you know what i mean like people are still doing that like i think it just i think what it was i don't think those people are even being over cautious i think they're just so out of it with like life and and like their problems that they're just like oh fuck i got a mask on you know i'll just roll with it you know i don't know i don't know what it is like i, I really don't but uh i've got to do another show but um it was so yeah. nice meeting you. Um, does there any do you want to tell the people where they can find your book? I'm not going to post this yet. I'll post it in a couple no. days. But like, do, do you want to tell everybody where they can find your book and your website and all that?
0: I don't have a website, but my book's on Amazon. It's The Coming of the Saucers, republished by Chanel Shantz with the bright uh, red airplane. And my grandfather looking up at the sky with his camera because he could never get a picture himself. But there's pictures of a flying saucer in it that he swore his friend gave him that was exactly like the one he saw and he wrote on the back. And every just documents that have never been seen, pictures that have never been seen in the book. So, it's 1947, <laughs> and it's on Amazon, and um, it's The Coming of the Saucers, republished by Chanel Chance, originally published by Kenneth Ronald and Ray Palmer. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Well, thank you, and uh, I'll be in touch. We'll have to do this again.
0: Yeah, no problem. I'm, it was good to you know, just tell you all about my knowledge. I like to share it, so have a good day. Thank
1: you. Nice meeting.